It's Saturday, April the 11th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, COVID-19 deaths surpass 100,000 and energy ministers meet. First, the week in brief. Deaths from the novel coronavirus crossed 100,000 globally as the number of confirmed infections exceeded 1.6 million. America, which has registered nearly 17,000 fatalities, including more than 2,000 in a single day, surpassed Spain as the country with the highest death toll after Italy. Officials around the world warned that extensions of stay-at-home orders will be necessary to limit the spread of COVID-19. For the second day in a row, Presidents Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin discussed the pandemic's effect on the oil market. With much of the world on lockdown, demand has plummeted. On Friday, Russia and OPEC minus Mexico agreed to slash production by 10 million barrels a day. Energy ministers of the G20 countries agreed in principle to back what would be the largest oil supply deal in history. China introduced new rules for its exports of personal protective equipment in an attempt to boost confidence in the quality of the masks, ventilators and gloves it ships around the world. Some foreign recipients had faulted the condition of the Chinese equipment, yet experts warned the new controls could slow shipments of much-needed kit. Early voting began in South Korea's parliamentary election. The vote is officially set for April 15th, but organisers opened disinfected polling stations early to prevent crowding. At stake are 300 seats in the National Assembly, where President Moon Jae-in's Democratic Party is now ahead in opinion polls. Mr Moon has benefited from the public's positive view of his handling of the pandemic. Bulgaria's Prime Minister announced plans to accelerate the country's application to adopt the euro. Boyko Borisov said he believed Bulgaria would be allowed into a required two-year waiting room, which would grant the country access to financing from the European Central Bank. The Prime Minister said membership in the eurozone would help the country recuperate from the COVID-19 crisis. Rival titans of tech, Apple and Google, announced a joint effort to build a Bluetooth-based system for contact tracing via smartphones. Users of their iOS and Android-powered phones could then be alerted to their exposure to other people who may have come into contact with the coronavirus. Similar app-based protocols have been developed by several Asian countries. And Zoom, the suddenly ubiquitous video conferencing software that has allowed businesses, schools and even social groups to gather digitally during lockdowns, faced new security concerns in Singapore. The city-state suspended use of the video conferencing tool in schools after a very serious incident. A lesson was interrupted by hackers who made lewd remarks. And now, here's today's agenda. Curtains? Trolls and the cinema industry. Trolls World Tour was released yesterday in America, but with most theatres shut by the pandemic, Universal Pictures decided to make its $90 million animation available immediately to stream at home. For about the price of two cinema tickets, audiences can rent the film on platforms such as iTunes and Amazon Prime Video. The release throws a brick through the theatrical window, a spell of 90 days or so during which cinemas demand the exclusive right to show new releases. Studios have long lobbied to shorten this period, which forces them to shell out for two separate marketing campaigns, but theatres have threatened not to show films that don't respect the convention. COVID-19 has shifted the balance of power. Cinema bosses insist that post-pandemic people will flock back to the movies and the window will be repaired. But if Trolls does well online, expect more studios to consider going straight to streaming. 
literal free press, the National Emergency Library sparks fury. At a time when an overwhelming swath of humanity remains stuck at home, cultural institutions from symphonies to national theatres have begun to offer free concerts, plays and lectures online. America's Internet Archive may have taken such largesse too far. On March 24th, in response to the COVID-19 pandemic, the Digital Library opened its 1.4 million strong book collection to unlimited free borrowing, creating what it calls a national emergency library. Teachers and bookworms applauded, Authors are furious. This week, the backlash mounted with the New York Times denouncing the move as piracy. The archive scans its titles rather than, like traditional libraries, paying publishers to license them as ebooks. Thanks to the lifting of all borrowing limits, millions can now download free books while their authors receive nothing. With shops closed and book tours cancelled, the archive's actions are perhaps adding insult to injury for American authors. End Times, A Book for Apocalypses In his new book, Notes from an Apocalypse, Mark O'Connell points out that for much of human history, people have predicted the world's end. Yet through plague, famine and war, the apocalypse has not arrived. What if now really is the end? That is the question the author poses in light of the climate crisis. Mr O'Connell embarks on a series of perverse pilgrimages to places where the apocalyptic imagination can run riot. These include a conference of the Mars Society, survivalist bunkers in South Dakota, billionaires' climate retreats in New Zealand, and the ruins of Chernobyl. The result is a remarkable set of vignettes about a species obsessed with its demise. Notes from an Apocalypse is not about a global pandemic, but the book comes into sharper relief in the face of the novel coronavirus. As Mr O'Connell captures marvellously, the world can be ending and continuing at once. Ancient Egg Hunt – Ostrich Eggs Illuminate the Past During the Bronze and Iron Ages, ostrich eggs were status symbols for the elites of Mediterranean civilizations. Back then, ostriches roamed from North Africa to the Middle East. Prehistory's equivalent to Fabergés, their eggs were painted, engraved and adorned with precious metals. New research published this week in Antiquity, a journal, outlines how scientists at the British Museum are re-examining their own collection of ostrich eggs in order to better understand prehistoric culture. They have used extremely sensitive microscopes to analyse isotopes in the shells to trace their geographic origins. The researchers found that eggshells discovered in the same sites had disparate origins, suggesting ancient trade networks were more extensive than thought. Isotopic clues to the mother's diet allowed them to identify even whether the eggs were laid by captive or wild birds. They concluded that some were indeed stolen from wild birds' nests in what must have been extremely perilous egg hunts. Crunch time, football's COVID-19 crisis. European football leagues face a difficult choice. Although the 2019-20 season was in its advanced stages when competitions were suspended because of the pandemic, organisers are considering voiding it and beginning the 2020-21 season on time in August. The alternative is finishing the 2019-20 season late and somehow condensing the following year's fixtures. Voiding appears unworkable. Clubs in line for promotion or relegation would pursue legal action and broadcasters would demand expensive refunds for cancelled games. For now, FIFA, world football's governing body, remains in favour of finishing the current season. Earlier this week, it released guidelines recommending the extension of expiring player contracts and a delay to the closure of the next transfer window. 
FIFA also said it is preparing its own Marshall Plan of financial aid to assist all levels of the game. As is usual with football, it will be the business implications that decide the action on the pitch. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Kurt Vonnegut, who died on this day in 2007. We are what we pretend to be, so we must be careful about what we pretend to be. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.